listening to The Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 30 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Sunday the 30th of July after a lovely week away down south. I had a fantastic weekend in Bath with friends and spent the rest of the week with my husband's family, playing with my gorgeous niece and catching up with people. This month's guest is A.L. Michael, author of romantic comedies including Goodbye Ruby Tuesday and The Last Word. Her exciting new series, The Martini Club, begins with cocktails and dreams. In writing news, I haven't made much progress this month. We had a family trip to Northumberland at the beginning of the month, in which I did nothing except visit castles and walk on the beach and play card games with my family and read lots. It was a much-needed break, and I'm really glad I took the time off. In between those holidays, I had an intense week of work going through the copy edits on Beneath the Water. The copy editor had done a wonderful job picking up inconsistencies and pointing out word repetition. And, as always, I feel so grateful to have such brilliant editorial support helping me to make the book as good as possible before it goes out into the world. I've also had the exciting job of looking at cover art concepts sent from Lake Union which makes it all seem very real. And, as far as I can tell, it seems as if they are sticking with the title Beneath the Water. It's quite funny because I really didn't think about it very much. It was my working title and I just liked it. But I figured that, as with my other books, that the publisher would probably change the title. So I didn't really think about it very much. Anyway, I will of course let you know if it does get changed, but so far it's beneath the water and it should be out early next year. However, although I had a great month, the list of things I intended to do during July uh, and didn't actually manage is a wee bit long and I'm hoping to have a super productive August to make up for it. One of the things which had to be put back was the recording of the audiobook of Stop Worrying, Start Writing. I'm hoping to book the studio for this month though, and I'm really sorry to those of you who are waiting for the audio format to get the book. I will do my very best. Another thing I've intended to get to grips with is advertising, but I've only dipped my toe in and I really need to block out some concentrated time. I also intended to work on the rewrite of my supernatural thriller, which I'm due to send back to my agent this month, but I only did a very small amount. So, August will mostly be working on that, although all I really want to do is to dive into my shiny new book idea. I know that I need to stay disciplined and do the rewrite first, and that some of my resistance to that rewrite is fear. The closer I get to an official the end, the closer it is to going out on submission to publishers and the possibility of rejection and judgment that that entails. Also, while I do really enjoy rewriting and making a book better, it is inevitably clear to me that it isn't the shining, perfect thing that I imagined when I began. It's another imperfect book. The new idea, however, carries the lure that this time I will manage to recreate the magical story in my mind. Some techniques I'm going to use to refocus on creative work are writing first thing in the morning, 
This works brilliantly for me, but whenever I let it slip, I have to make a concerted effort to re-establish the habit. I'm also going to try some mini retreats. I'm going to go somewhere other than my garden office for the day, like a library or a cafe, so that I have a solid block of Wi-Fi free writing time that's also away from all the other things that I do in my office. I'll let you know how I get on. So on to this month's recommendations. I know that I'm always recommending Joanna Penn's podcast and books, but I wanted to give a special mention to her new book on marketing, which is called How to Market a Book. I'm halfway through and it's packed with excellent practical advice on a subject that often feels, to me at least, overwhelming. Also, her most recent podcast episode gives a brilliant roundup of Thriller Fest in New York, along with Joanna's thoughts on comparisonitis and balancing contentment and ambition, something I'm sure we all find difficult. I know that personally I'm always moving the goalposts. First, I just wanted to finish a novel, and then I wanted to get published, and then I wanted to get some good reviews, and so on. It never ends. And striving for things is a positive thing. But you also have to enjoy the day-to-day and the process of it. While I'm recommending things, I hope you will forgive me if I give a quick plug to my own book on writing. Stop Worrying, Start Writing. How to Overcome Fear, Self-Doubt and Procrastination. In the book, I talk about the importance of focusing on the process, as well as all the tips and strategies that I have discovered over the last few years for producing creative work while being filled with self-doubt. It is a practical guide, and it includes tips from previous guests of the podcast, such as Julie Cohen, C.L. Taylor and Mel Sherratt. It's available from all good retailers, including Kobo, iBooks and Amazon, in both paperback and ebook form, with audio coming later in the year. Right, that's enough advertising. As you guys know, this show doesn't carry any corporate sponsorship or advertising, which was a conscious decision on my part. I'd really love to continue to keep the show ad-free, apart from mentioning my own stuff occasionally, of course. But looking to the future, I'm wondering how best to continue. I love making the podcast, but it does cost, both in my time and in hard cash for the hosting and so on. I love the Patreon model and sponsor my own favourite shows via it, but I feel very shy at the thought of putting the worried writer onto Patreon. I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud, but if you have any thoughts on the subject, whether it's that I should consider ads on the show or that I should consider putting it onto Patreon, maybe with some subscriber bonuses, such as a Patreon-only Q&A show, or entry to giveaways, or anything else I haven't considered, do get in touch. You can email me, sarah at worriedwriter.com, or find me on Twitter or on Facebook. All the links are in the show notes, and you can, of course, simply leave a comment on there. Head to worriedwriter.com. Anyway, rest assured the podcast will continue to be completely free for you to access and I have some wonderful guests coming up. Also, if you have a question on writing, publishing, productivity or self-doubt, do get in touch, sarah at worriedwriter.com or find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter. As always, I am hugely grateful to you for listening and to everyone who has sent kind messages or tweets and spread the word on social media. If you know someone who might enjoy the podcast, please do share it. Some shout outs to some lovely folk on Twitter. 
Lorna Cook, who's at Lorna KS, said, Yay, another worried writer appeared on my feed this week. That's the entire back catalogue listened to. Next one, no pressure. I love the idea that people are finding and listening to the whole back catalogue of the podcast. That's really amazing. I'm so excited. Thank you, Lorna, for letting me know. And Maxine Mori, who is at Scribbler Maxi, asked if I could get the podcast onto Acast, a provider I hadn't actually heard of. So thank you for the heads up and the request, Maxine. The Worried Writer is now available via Acast, if that's your bag. Also, Nina Harrington, who's at Nina Harrington, and Joe Belfield, who is at LRK Tweets. Thank you again to everyone, and now, on to the interview section of the show. Andy Michael, who writes under the name A.L. Michael, is the author of nine funny romantic novels, including Goodbye Ruby Tuesday and The Last Word. Her exciting new series, The Martini Club, begins with Cocktails and Dreams, which came out on the 24th of July. Andy is also a creative therapeutic facilitator, currently researching the power of creative writing to be helpful in recovering from eating disorders. Welcome to the show, Andy, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I was hoping that you could kick things off by telling us a wee bit more about your new release, Cocktails and Dreams. Sure. Um, so it's my first book for Canelo and it's the first in the Martini Club series. Um, it follows a young woman named Savannah who is working in a burlesque club as a bartender. Um, and it's mainly her relationship with her mother, who was um, a rock and roll star called Persephone Black, who um, abandons her as a child and leaves her with her aunt. And it's kind of her dealing with that when her mother suddenly reappears on the scene and sort of years later, she's still trying to figure out what she's going to do with her life. And um, yeah, there's a big confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds fabulous. And that's the start of a series. Yes. Uh-huh. So um, the next two um, will be out next year. And um, so Savvy's best friend will have one. Um, I'm writing at the moment called Prosecco and Promises, um, which is set in Italy. And then the third will be um, her boss at the at the Martini Club. Oh, lovely. So have you had to have a, a research trip to Italy? I've actually got one planned in September. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good work. I've got my holiday in. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I believe that your first book came out the same year as my debut book in 2013. Um, but since then, you have managed to publish eight more novels. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm super impressed. Well done. Um, but now I want to know how on earth you've managed that. So um, could you talk me through a sort of typical week do you have do you keep business hours or um so when I until a couple of years ago I was completely freelance so I was working you know um pretty much during the day on my books sort of three or four hours a day um and then I was tutoring in the evenings in English and sometimes at the weekends so mm-hmm. um I was I had a lot more time <laughs> to sort of focus completely on that and almost took it for granted I think that um you know, I had the time so I could be quite relaxed about it. I, you know, I could do a couple of thousand words a day and that would work out well. Um, and in the last couple of years, um, I've gone into full time work. So nine to five. So I come home and I write in the evenings and I write at the weekends. And actually, it's made me more um, more prolific. Actually, it's, it's sort of really I spend all day going, I want to go home and write. 
<laughs> so I think maybe that's the key. It sort of pushed me to to speed up a bit. <laughs> uh-huh. And I think also it can, I mean, I still think, I think that's very impressive to, to you and to everybody who is working full time and then coming home and writing hats off. Um, but I do think that there's something in the kind of reduced time. You just have to, mm-hmm. you, you just have to get on with it if you know that's the only time you've got, don't you? Yeah, I think when I used, when I, you know, when I had the time before and, and I was so pleased to focus, you know, that was my job and I was really proud of that. Um, and when some colleagues used to say, oh yeah, you know, I've got my one day off or oh yeah, I write on the train on the way back from work. And I used to think, oh my God, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's been okay so far, actually. Oh, that's good. And do you have any, any tips to make it okay? Is there anything that's working particularly well for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I try, I have a, you know, I have a number for that day that I'm happy mm. with word count wise. It, you know, it usually falls into sort of 1800 and I'm kind of happy with that on a day to day basis. Um, it's also just a case sometimes of, I understand that sometimes the words aren't going to work that day and mm. that's okay. And so I try and do other things. I try and, you know, make Pinterest boards or make lists or just write a little bit from my character's perspective just to keep it, um, related mm-hmm, so I feel like mm-hmm. I'm doing work <laughs> no no absolutely and and do you find that work um working in that way as in keeping your head in the book by mm. looking at it every day do you think that's key um it definitely is for me to to sort of remain in that world and um and not get bogged down you know sometimes I'll get there and I'll go oh god I have no idea where they're going now you know they there's something needs to happen soon and I'm not sure what it is so I'll um, I'll go off and just play with the characters a little bit, or you know, research the location, or um, and usually something pops up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like good advice. And do you plan out your books completely, or do you sort of make it up as you go along? <laughs> um, it's changed over the years. I've become more of a plotter now. Uh-huh. Um, when I first started, I had no idea. I I just you know it would happen <laughs> on the page as I as it popped into my head. Um, and as I've gone along, I've kind of put more of a backbone in and I sort of work from a very brief um, sort of skeleton. Mm-hmm. But um, usually what I do is I, I write sort of little chunks in a notebook that's specifically for that book. But they could be from any part of the book. They're just, you know, conversations that have popped up or things that I think are interesting. And half the time they don't make it into the book anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it sort of gives me an idea of, oh, yeah, they're going to have that conversation and I'll, I'll get there. And probably rewrite it and not even remember that I wrote the note, but it's, I remember that it has to get to a certain bit. So, um, I'm, I'm sort of plotting more now. So just so I can keep up with the word count, really. Yeah. That, well, that makes sense. And, um, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, did you always <laughs> want to write? Uh, absolutely. That was hmm. the only thing I ever wanted to do. Um, um, and, you know, I was told at school, like, you know, I had my careers advice when I was, 17 or whatever and I said to the teacher well you know I'm gonna I'm going off to university to study writing and I'm gonna be a writer and he said that's not a job um, Gosh. And I um I did my A-levels and I did my course and I bumped into him and I said you told me I couldn't be a writer and now I'm a writer <laughs> yeah that's because I'm writing a book and I didn't want you to go through that oh <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh funny felt quite bad for him <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh did you casually mention that you've written nine <laughs> yeah I do like to drop it in <laughs> yeah quite right <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was, yeah it was always the plan so I went to university to study writing um so you did, did a, a degree in writing 
yeah well english lit and creative writing got you yeah. uh-huh. um uh-huh. at uea um and how and was that I, did you was that good was that useful it was definitely useful in terms of um building craft and growing there was i think you know i think i wrote a lot of crap then <laughs> um i think it was i wrote a lot of rubbish um very pretentious you know teenage thoughts um but it built up you know i found out how to form a story i learned to get criticism and feedback and that could be really really harsh um so it was um yeah it was definitely a learning experience but i think they there was a little bit too much um you could only be a literary writer in Uh their eyes Uh so there was no writing romance there was no writing sci-fi there Mm. was no um yeah. No, I hear you. I, I did a postgrad in creative writing, so I know exactly of what you speak. <laughs> yeah, there's just a bigger world out there for writing. Uh-huh. You leave that, I think. Uh-huh. Definitely, definitely. But I mean, it's good, you, as you say, there's plenty to learn and plenty mm. of good things to take from it. Um, but I'm always wary uh, to anybody listening who's considering um, <laughs> a university course in creative writing to just be very clear about what the course involves and make sure that it's not going to crush you. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, you know, it's that whole know yourself thing. I'm just always a wee bit wary because I know I, I was not overflowing with confidence. And, no. um, yeah, that can be it, it's not always it's not good for everybody is all I would say um so what so okay you did the degree in creative writing and you um you knew you wanted to be a writer and then what was your path to publication after that um so after that I was not ready to leave um, studying I guess so I did um a master's in creative entrepreneurship which was a new concept at the time um, and that was a course that was um, focused on equipping you with the skills to become a full-time artist. Um, so we had a couple of writers, a couple of um, textile designers and uh, musicians, actors, that kind of thing. Um, and it was all about learning, you know, do your accounts and how to do your promotion and how. So it was really a lot more practical. Um, and that I think there's brilliant. not enough of that. It was brilliant. Yeah. I think there should be more of that because that's all the kind of stuff that we're kind of trying to teach ourselves now as writers, as you learn. Um, and I'm still learning. It's not, it didn't, it didn't answer everything. It was definitely an intro. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was, um, that was a really sort of sort of set me up to get going. And um, part of the course was you could do a research project or you could do a creative project. So I wrote a novel um, as my project mm-hmm. um, and I sent it off to, well, I'd, I'd heard back from a publisher that I'd submitted a story to the year before, um, a magazine I'd submitted a story to. And they got back to me at the end of this master's and said, oh, we've just found this um, story you sent us. Um, we, the magazine closed down, but we've been taken over by a publisher. We Have you got anything else? We'd like to see it. Um, and strangely enough, the story I'd sent was the, the root of this book that I'd just written. So um, I sent them that and, and they went forward with it. Wow, gosh, that will <laughs> that was, well. I mean, and that's really speedy after finishing your studies in, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was not. I suppose not your typical story. It was. It was very lucky. Wow, <laughs> that's brilliant. And so, was that goodbye Ruby Tuesday? Oh no! So this was um, actually like a, a literary um, 
fiction novel that I wrote called um, Wine Dark Sea Blue. It was done by um, a publisher called Stairwell Books, who are a small publisher based in Winchester. Um, and, you know, it's a print book as well as an e-book. And, you know, that was a dream come true completely as, you know, a newbie writer to have your debut printed. Absolutely. Um, and so I wrote that and it was quite um, quite intense story. It was to do with grief and, and drug addiction and, you know, post-economic uh, crisis and graduates and all sorts of very <laughs> sort of stressful, deep, dark stuff. So after um, that sort of was all going to publication and things i just wrote a book for me um fun which was a women's fiction just fun romantic comedy um called the last word and um i saw on twitter that karina were looking for submissions so i um i fixed it all up and sent it off and and then they got back to me and said we'd like to offer you a two book deal so there's been a lot of luck i was gonna say this is definitely not the usual story no. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast, if you've heard this section mm. before. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually got a lot more grief, a lot more. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's really, really amazing. Well done. Um, but like you say, there is, um, I mean, when you said there's luck, it's, it's not luck because you wrote, you wrote good books, um, yeah. and, and sent them to the right places. Um, but it's also nice to know it is just, it could happen that way. Yeah, and, you know, it might not be ten years of of misery. You heard no. it here first. <laughs> I mean, you you have to do the work, but at some point, also, you there is. I mean, whether we call it luck or or sort of, I often think it's timing. Sometimes it's good timing. <laughs> but no, absolutely, you've done the work beforehand. You'd been working yeah. on your craft for many years, um, and you know, writing the the words that aren't so good in the start, which we all do. Yeah you know yeah um so yeah absolutely um i'm just i'm just so impressed with your um what's the word i'm looking for that kind of singularity of purpose to say yeah. at 16 <laughs> or 17 you know no i want to be a writer and i'm going to follow through with that with a degree in writing and then a postgrad that also leads me towards this job that i want um this 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 career that a lot of people say is very unlikely well, let's let's be honest. It is quite unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really admire that. That's fantastic. <laughs> so something I struggle with um, is getting the balance between the sort of business side um, and the creative side. And I'm I'm absolutely fascinated that you even did a master's in creative entrepreneurship. I think that's brilliant. Um, so you're going to definitely have a great answer for this. I know. <laughs> I can feel it. Um, so how do you deal with? Um, with those two sides, how do you balance it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not fun, is it? <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, you know, everyone wants to write and do the fun bits, and no one really wants to do the business bits. Um, but and you know, when when I first did that course, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to do my accounts, and I don't want to do projections, and I. Um, but actually, I like the control. I like being in charge of of my life <laughs> and um you know being in control of your books and and what you write and how you do it and if you're making money that's you know, I'm a bit of a control freak I guess um but so I do a lot of list making I do a lot of you know I list my goals I'm I've got you know my friend said to me the other day she's the only person I know at 28 who has a five-year plan and a 10-year plan <laughs> um so I'm definitely that person um and I think I think it's just remembering that, you know, the creative bit and the writing, that's 
you know, that's there, that's the product, but it's not going to go anywhere if you're not putting in the time with the business. It's, and there's nothing that makes me more angry than just a book sitting there on the shelf and it's not read and it's not being reviewed and it's not being shown any love at all. And I think that's what I look at as the business that it's the way of getting the book some love and getting it seen and letting it do its job. Oh, that's a fantastic way of looking at it and a really brilliant way of putting it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Also, any, do you have any tips of sort of staying creative? I mean, I realize that you've got a very busy, a busy life. <laughs> um, is there anything that you do as things like artist days or perhaps craft or exercise? Are there any things that you find that just help you to maintain your creative self? Um, yeah, I think it's so important. Um, I, I haven't done, I would love to do a retreat, but I haven't done that yet, but that's, that's on my list because I just think to be surrounded by other people doing creative things as well. Um, so I usually, not this year, but I usually go to a festival every year where I um, I run creative writing workshops. So I get to go for free, um, <laughs> but which is great. And also I love running workshops, but it means I get to go to everyone else's workshops and, you know, try things without fear. And I'm not arty at all. I'm terrible at crafts. I visually, I can't draw or do anything like that. But, um, you know, you go and you have a go at basket weaving or, you know, designing things or draw you know sometimes it's even just coloring in um so I try and do that every year because it's something about being you know in nature as well I'm a big fan of that um mm. I think especially you know we've always got our phones with us we always you know especially if you're on a laptop or you're on a computer writing if you're writing and you have to be marketing you've got to be on twitter I think just completely disconnecting from that is really important and I always come back from that um sort of break in nature brimming with ideas and really feeling sort of full again um but my main thing is I think just playing I think play is really important um experimenting and you know it's like I say trying to write from different perspectives or writing something you never thought a different different genre or writing a poem or writing a limerick or something like that no that's excellent that's really good advice um now I'm afraid the time has come the title of this podcast is The Worried yeah. Writer. <laughs> so I'd really like to delve into your struggles with writing. Now, I always ask this, but I'm aware that you're a creative facilitator, um, someone who uses the power of creative writing to heal. So is this something that you just never struggle with? Oh, no, I absolutely struggle with it. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I'm, I made a little list. I, there's definitely, um, now I think, I think you always are going to have worries with writing because it's so, um, it makes you so vulnerable. Um, so even though, you know, yeah, I, I do use writing to heal with others and, and support that. And it's an amazing magical thing. But I think when, when you are a writer, you're always going to, um, have those little moments of insecurity and, and, and panic and worry. <laughs> so, um, I think mine are mainly about legitimacy. Um, and and being authentic and you know I think everyone I think when you start out as a debut author you have this idea of what an author looks like what being an author looks like and you know it's often come from movies where you know you get signed and you got get a you know massive advance and suddenly you're a bestseller and um but I think trying to trying to find those moments where you're like yes I am an author um and, you know, no, I don't have an agent or I don't have a bestseller or I don't have this, but I'm still an author. I'm still a writer. I'm mm -hmm. still doing OK. So um, 
and also for me again with goals I move the goalposts on myself so um <laughs> you know every time I think oh yeah well I've achieved this now I can call myself a writer and there's a little voice in the back going no no well you haven't done this and someone else has done that and you know comparison is a thief of joy <laughs> oh it really is but it's so difficult it is so mm. difficult to um to avoid but at least perhaps if we're aware of it we can catch ourselves when we're doing it and recognize what we're doing perhaps yeah and I think when you're so you know to be in the writing community and see what people are achieving to be so pleased for them when you know they've worked so hard and also it it makes it seem possible so you know even if sometimes you can feel a little bit jealous or a little bit not as good as someone else it you know it just highlights that possibility Mm, that's so true and does did these fears and um, kind of moments of uh, imposter syndrome and so on? Mm-hmm. Do they does that ever stop you uh, writing? And then, if it does, um, do you have any strategies to sort of get yourself going again? Um, yeah, it does. It does stop you. I think you know, especially everyone has that that particular number in their word count where you hit it and you go, God, I'm awful. <laughs> My God, why am I doing this? I'm the worst person in the world. Um, I should have gone back and done something else. But um, no, I mean, I think I recognize that it is, that it is my thing. So I know, I know that's my problem. So when I start hearing that, firstly, I, I pretend that I'm talking to you know, one of those girls at school that, you know, you've grown up and you really want to impress them and you kind of want to go in and go, well, I've written nine books in five years. And I, so I sort of, I talk to myself with kindness and I remind myself what I've done so far. Um, and the main thing for me is rem- usually just to get over it is to remember that I've done it once and I can do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you, finishing a book is the hardest thing you can do, mm-hmm. I, I think. And, you know, everything else is very hard too. And, you know, the marketing and everything else and, being consistent but if you finished a book you can finish another book and mm. so on and so on so um it's usually just reminding myself of what I've done and again making lists <laughs> <laughs> um, and um I think just yeah also just timing being aware of the timing and being aware that sometimes you need a break sometimes the demons are going to chat a bit and you can go and you know go and have a break and that's okay mm. Yeah. And do you have, um, any books or resources that you've, that you would recommend or, um, do you belong to a writing group or anything like that or have an accountability partner or? Um, sometimes I think when I talk with a lot of, um, other authors who become friends over the years, so often, you know, they do keep me accountable and sometimes we do races or things during, you know, so I'm going to, going to try and hit this word count it's just sometimes someone to check in with I mean even today I set myself an alarmingly high word count so I just keep going onto Twitter and going okay I've done 2,000 <laughs> back like about an hour later okay I've done 3,000 you know no one's listening no one cares but I'm, I'm keeping myself accountable online <laughs> um in terms of resources I mean I think um sometimes it sort of depends on the mood because I think you know I I listen to podcasts and sometimes I can feel so engaged and excited to hear everyone's stories and how everyone does things and you know mm. um you know the creative pen which I know you're a fan of as well and um 
and you know, um, I know Annie Lyons always reads Stephen King's on writing before she starts her next project. So I reread that one recently. I thought that was a great thing to do. Um, but sometimes I think actually it can be a little bit overwhelming if you're feeling a bit nervous or a little bit low. Sometimes hearing other people's stories or how their specifics of how they do it can be like remind you that you're doing it differently and you go, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it this way. So um, I think it's just talking to people who know you and who get writing <laughs> to remind you that you're, you're doing okay, really. Mm, absolutely. And in, in terms of, I'm really fascinated by the idea of using creative writing Um you know, within healing or as a positive activity. Um, so is that something that you still, are those workshops that you lead or? Um, yeah, I haven't for a while. So mm-hmm. I've been doing my, um, my master's research, which I've just finished. So, um, I've, I've become a little bit, uh, <laughs> therapied out. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm sort of waiting for the dust to settle on that and see if I've passed. Um, but no, I'm planning to, you know, I, I want to sort of maybe work use those in conjunction with retreats or yoga retreats or do some sort of in nature um sort of workshops in in the summer but it's it completely changed my life i i waited to do this course and you know i'd wanted to do it for a long time but it hadn't existed yet <laughs> so you know i was like well there's drama therapy and there's dance therapy and there's you know there's craft therapist there has to be someone who's using writing and, um, and eventually this course was created. So I, I went to study again. <laughs> um, can see a pattern emerging. Um, <laughs> never going to leave school. But, um, and it's just, it, writing, I think writers get it because they, they write for themselves a lot of the time. Before you're writing publication, you write for yourself and to make, you know, to feel good and to enjoy it. Um, and to make sense of the world. I don't really know what I'm thinking until I've written yes. it down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, I um I express a lot more and a lot better on paper. Um, mm, me too. <laughs> so it's sometimes it's just a way. I mean, a lot in the classes we do a lot of free writing to start, and some of the activities can be so simple and so you know there's things you know you can use acrostics and there's things you did at school and you think oh well I'm a writer why would I use an acrostic? And you can have a 15 minute conversation about the words that came out of that acrostic and what they meant to you and how you're feeling today and um it's it's a very free experience and it's usually done in a group. So obviously you can write by yourself to feel good. Um, but, um, what I was taught as a facilitator was to run groups and it, it's such a joy to kind of run these workshops and people, you know, are vulnerable, but also they're, they're heard. They're saying things they haven't even realized until they're reading them out loud. And there's such a lot of empathy and kindness and kind of, I mean, I was, as part of my um, studies, I had to be in a group doing this while I was learning how to do it. We were actually in a, in a mm-hmm. creative therapy writing group. And it's a very strange thing because you create a very strong bond with these people where you've talked about you know, childhood trauma and what happened when you were nine, but you've never really talked about what their partner's name is or, you know, the most basic levels. So, um, and also it can be used, you know, I have people, I have friends working in, hospitals or working with gps or some working with um those nearing the end of their lives and wanting to write biographies and so it can be it's just such a magical thing that can be used in such so many different ways 
Oh, that, that just sounds fantastic. And if you do decide to run a, a writing retreat, it's on my list of things to do as well. So please do let me know about it. <laughs> and I will sign up if I if at all possible. <laughs> Especially if you add in some yoga, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> yes, I'm a big fan of yoga. So that's on my list as well of um, ways to look after yourself and be creative. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's on your list of things you can go back and study. <laughs> I did think about it, but I think, uh, I think I'm done now with the studying. <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to have time uh, no. because it sounds like you like writing far too much. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've talked about sort of overcoming well, or dealing with the sort of fears and procrastination and so on. And you were saying about experience helping. Um, mm. And that experience then obviously leads on to the whole being published and writing professionally and having our work out there in the world which I know we're both thrilled about and we're both very grateful <laughs> for and we both wanted um but there is pressure and there is a wee bit of stress um what do you find most difficult about the sort of publishing side or the, the being out in the world your books being out in the world oh uh, many things um um well I mean on a basic level it's terrifying isn't it to to put your <laughs> to put your heart and soul into something that you you think you're proud of until the moment it goes to published and then you think oh god <laughs> people are reading it i mean cocktails and dreams is out now with bloggers and i'm i'm just sort of twiddling my thumbs going oh, please someone say they're enjoying it please does it get easy does it get better with time and with experience i think you know what i think getting used to the fact that there are always going to be people who don't like what you do and that it's not personal i think you know we've all read books that we haven't particularly liked and it's not necessarily that they're bad or you know it's just that they weren't for you and I think when you remember that that it's not personal when you feel that way that it's also not personal when it's directed at you in your work um so I think that really helps me and not going on to Goodreads (laughs) 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 it can it can be a scary place out there no I think you know and it's hard to I think there's a lot of external pressure. A lot of people don't get what it means to be a writer unless you're in that world. Um, you know, I think most of my family were very supportive, you know, especially at 16, sort of going, well, this is the path I'm going down. And, um, you know, but from that, it meant that I always felt I had to look incredibly busy. I had to look like I was working hard. And, I, you know, I was working three different jobs at one point to prove that I was going to make it as a writer and I could do all these jobs and, I I took on too much and I, and I burn out quite easily. So I think I always have to look like I'm stressed. <laughs> so I have to look like I'm working hard when actually you should be, you know, you should make it look like it's easy. So I think, you know, not taking on too much at one go and, and not trying to prove anything to anyone else is probably a good good, good thing to do. Mm, definitely. And do you have any, that that's great advice. And do you have any <laughs> other, any other advice for people either who are newly published um, and maybe just struggling with the feelings that that raises or the business side or those who are aiming for a career in creative writing what would you say to them um I think I mean kind of what I mentioned before about letting go of that concept of what it is to be published Mm, uh and you know and what they tell you in the movies and what you know the advances and what it looks like because it looks different but also and it's still a big deal but it's it's different and it's also just the beginning of the journey. I think when I when I'd written a book, I thought being published was the end of the journey. It was the end goal to be published. And actually it's the start. It's the start of building communities, of 
you know, building a support system, building an audience. Um, it's just the start. Um, I think, you know, writerly egos can be a, a bit delicate. So we, we need, you know, we need people who get where we're coming from. And I, I think having other writer friends has made it so easy for me to kind of go, Oh God, I'm midway through edits. And everyone goes, Oh, <laughs> and they understand. Whereas, you know, other people might go, Oh, well, yeah, that's your job. <laughs> well, yes, it is. But so I think acknowledging, you know, finding your tribe, as they say, and um, acknowledging that everyone's journey is different and, you know, one isn't necessarily better than the other. But um, I think, you know, being professional throughout as well, that it's a job. If you're seeing it, you can love it, but see it as a job and be professional throughout, I think is important. You know, just because we're using Twitter and social media doesn't mean it's not business. Um, and I think it's just about finding finding what works for you and what makes you feel like a writer and going with it and, and trusting your instincts really and, and always write more than you talk about writing <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic and um <laughs> I mean, when, as you were just saying, uh, just talking about the sort of what it means to be a writer for you and things, I think that's very important. And I, I think, I don't know, I mean, having done the creative entrepreneurship and, and being quite interested in the business side and so on yourself, I've... I'm not sure if it's for everybody in the sense that some people maybe don't, just really will never want to do, they won't want to be a creative entrepreneur, if you see what I mean. They will, they will want a book published by somebody else and that that will that will be fine and they'll be sort of done and that's okay too isn't it that's yeah I think all routes are valid I mean I think even when I run these workshops with people doing the therapeutic writing and they go well I'm not a writer and I'm like well if you're writing you're a writer if you're sitting here writing something and enjoying it you're a writer and that encompasses all gens and you know and that's just it that's kind of you know we watch and see how many people are achieving their goals and becoming successes. And, you know, there's no one path and there's, you know, as long as it's making you happy, I don't think it matters. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, well, just to finish up, uh, what are you working on at the moment and what's next for you? Um, so yeah, Prosecco and Promises is out in February, I believe. So I'm working on that, but I'm holding off so I can put in my Italian <laughs> Um, research um, don't want to start writing things and going off in the wrong direction um, I'm working on a thriller in a different under a different name at the moment which is super fun and really different to what I write and I'm really enjoying that um, and I am self-publishing um, a series of three novellas um, based on Ruby Tuesday a character from my from my last series um, starting with Goodbye Ruby Tuesday so this um they'll be following ruby's journey um from teenager dum into stardom um so the first one um the girl in the shadows will be out in september oh that's very exciting well i shall be i shall be watching all of that with great interest but um thank you so much for being on the show it's been so lovely to speak to you um just to finish up uh where can listeners find more about you and your books Ah, right. So um, you can find me at almichael.com, on Twitter at almichael underscore, um, and on Facebook 
in the same al michael writer that's wonderful well i shall put all those links in the show notes uh, but thank you so much for your time thank you very much thanks for listening today for show notes and links head to worriedwriter.com if you'd like to connect find me on twitter at sarah r painter or use the hashtag worriedwriter see you next time